Welcome to We're Not Sisters Creepypasta Showdown, episode five. Woo. I don't know why I have to do that every single time. I just feel like celebrating. Must it must be done. Oh, being consistent. Yay. Mm-hmm. I have face cam today. Yay. I'm no Greta longer. back. I'm no longer a sun-dried tomato. Sun-dried tomato. <laughs> I'm like, no longer sun-dried tomato. I'm yeah, like yeah. Benjamin Button. Now I'm a... You know how he went backwards? I was going to say I was a normal tomato. Yeah, but you but were like, never... I was never yeah, a... I was like, you never were, a... never were a tomato. No, I never was a tomato. And I'm definitely not green. Because that's what they are before they're red. Not so very good enough. Just gonna leave that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no more tomato. That's okay. So no more tomato. Today is my turn to read a story Good to time. Eleanor, which means it will actually be scary, and I uh-huh. don't want it. I think I think this one will creep you out a little bit, mainly because. Mm. You know, like in the last ones where you were always like, oh no, I can't go camping. Now I can't yeah. go to the forest, stuff like that. Well, this one is something that you have to do every day. Oh, see, this is something that's yeah. inevitable. So it will creep uh. you out if it's ever in the back of your mind. Thank you. You're welcome. And mm. this story, I believe, is part of a series of stories because Ooh. it has like, so basically it's called, I investigate disturbing cases. Here are my stories. That series. And this yeah, one's yeah, called yeah. Watches. I saw that series. I've read a couple of them before. Watches. They're very good. Yeah, this one's called Watches. What? Watches? No, Watchers. People who watch. Uh, oh. Yeah. Like, I am the watcher. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Watcher as in... No, sir. Are you scared? The guy that was on that road and he was sending messages to that family being like, I watch your house, please leave. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I was talking about... Um, the watcher. Channel. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so this is written by Brian A. Young. Do you want to get into it? Oh. Yes? If I must. You must. And just to give a little bit of context, I don't think this is the first one in the series. I think this might be the second, purely because of a little bit of context okay. given in the story. But if you want the first one, I think that one is called The Woman or something like that. Um, which will be mentioned no, no, during no. the story so again we'll link this no, in the YouTube description if you want to go read it let's go <laughs> when people think of police officers i think there's a disconnect between our image and the reality of who we are a lot of people see us as the good guys real life superheroes that jump in at the last moment with shining golden badges ready to stop the bad guys from having their way but that's not the reality We don't have superpowers. We aren't capable of seeing all the crime in a given area. And we certainly don't have the ability to respond to everything as fast as we'd like. 
at the end of the no, day... No, we know that they can't see every crime ever because they don't. And even if they could see also, every crime from... in an area, they would still miss it. Yeah, we know from all our internet sleuth episodes that... <laughs> exactly. No. At the end of the day, we're simply human beings reading and reacting to situations the law says we have to get involved in. When you dig a little deeper, you see the ugliness. The racism, the abuse of power, the violence. Many people see these aspects every day. Others are none the wiser. What does this mean? That we're monsters disguised as the good guys? To some people, yeah. And maybe that's fair. I agree. <laughs> I'm joking. To me, I think it means something different. In my view, it means we're a reflection of the good and the bad of society. And much like society at large, we're complicated and nuanced. We can either be what you want <laughs> to see, or what your sight is limited to. As a cop, you struggle with that. Because at the end of the day, you never know if which way someone sees you is the truth. It was early into my shift when the chief called me into his office. He was casually working on some documents and chewing away at a toothpick. As you do. As I thought that was a bit weird. That's a thing that people actually do. I sat quietly for a solid 30 seconds while he scribbled down some notes before finally shoving the papers to the side and giving me a questionable look. Smith, he boomed in his usual commanding voice. I wanted to get your advice on a situation. Of course, I replied. So long as it's not relationship advice, because I will definitely lead you down a path to divorce in, like, two months. Fair enough. At least he's honest. Yeah. I caught the slightest glimpse of a smile before he began to recount the earlier events of the day. A single mother, Mrs. Wilson, I believe the name was. She came in here yesterday begging to talk to one of our higher-ranking officers. I was down in admin to grab some of this paperwork, so I was within earshot of her request. I go over, introduce myself as a chief, and we get to talking. She tells me that she needs police protection ASAP and wants to make a direct plea to someone with authority to make that happen. Police protection? Mm. I pointed out loud. This must be something serious. That's what I assume too, he agreed. But Mrs. Wilson starts spinning this tale about how her little boy is seeing a man outside his window staring at him damn near every no. night. And that no matter no. what he does, the man won't go away. No. No. What? No. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> oh my god. I'm... Of course, being a good mother, she always goes to check in on him. But every time, there's no one there. The fear in her boy's eyes is Lies. real, though. The look in his eyes says he's seen something terrifying, and she believes her kid. To fix the situation, she wants us to keep a guy outside watching her place until we catch the bastard. So what do you think our move should be? I scrunched my face into a look of confusion. I, uh, don't understand. 
I mean, do you really need my opinion on this? Seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? I get that her fear of this mystery man is real, but we can't just loan out officers as bodyguards on request. I'd love for us to help, but if she doesn't have any proof this guy exists, there isn't much we can do, right? I'd suggest that she set up security cameras, maybe even invest in a gun. If she catches this guy on video, we can do a proper investigation and hopefully find him. The chief chuckled, which threw me off because the guy maintained a serious demeanour 99% of the time. I like the way you think, Detective Smith. Straightforward and logical in every situation. It's a trait that'll either save your life or get you killed. One way or the other, it's going to make all the difference in your life. But, you're missing something yeah. big. Sounds like a threat, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, stop thinking like that or you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I thought it was a bit weird when I read that as well, but I don't think it um, is anything. Oh. As far as oh, I'm okay. aware. Maybe it comes into it's play weird later guy. in the series. I don't know. He was trying to lead me somewhere, but I couldn't pinpoint where he wanted me to go with this. All I could do is raise an eyebrow in response. He caught on to my confusion, took the toothpick out of his mouth, and exhaled as if he was blowing out cigarette smoke. Imagine just someone just like... You alright there, you know? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> just like, do you, do you need an inhaler or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to call an ambulance? <laughs> you don't think a single mother with, whose young child is telling her that a man is looking through his window at night would have already bought cameras? After a few nights, she had some of the most expensive cameras she could find installed right outside his window. And? And obviously, we're still sitting here without any evidence of a man ever being there. Yet she came in here adamant that her son saw him just last night. It took a moment for me to put the pieces together in my head. I didn't understand how in the hell that could be possible. Could someone have some device that disrupts the security camera feed? Or maybe the boy is seeing things? The chief put the toothpick back in his mouth and shrugged, leaning back in his chair. Don't know, but it's what you're going to find out. I've already sent you an email. <laughs> That's not my problem. He's <laughs> just like, nah, I don't know. He you said, figure it out yourself. He said, not my job. Bye. He said, I'm the chief. You You're the detective. <laughs> <laughs> this was the unfortunate bombshell I was hoping he wouldn't drop. As much as I wanted to argue against being assigned to this case, I knew I wouldn't be getting out of it. And since my last encounter with the tall woman, I knew the chief and I had an understanding. The tall woman is the previous I'm story that I was talking sorry. about. Get I out. read it. I read that one and it it was just weird. I'm gonna say spoiler alert. The tall woman? Yeah. She Dang. lived in a house in the middle of nowhere and was like kidnapping children or something. Oh no. But, like she, she wasn't like human. Oh, no, that freaked me out. (laughs) Maybe I'll read that one next time then. I had seen something that he didn't want very many people to even be aware of. But she wasn't the only thing out there. 
If he had even a hint of suspicion that something may be in the realm of the unusual, then I'd be his guy on it. Still, neither of us could go assuming anything. I had to approach this like any other case. And that approach started with the facts. As soon as I walked out of the chief's office with a commitment to the case, my mind started getting to work. I immediately made a beeline for my desk to do some background research. A mother claiming that her son is seeing a man outside his window at night, but no evidence of such man exists. At least, not on video. Not anywhere near the amount of information I'd need to figure all of this out. At least not yet. Officer Ryan, who had only been with us for a little over a year, caught me off guard while I was lost in thought at my desk. He was a happy-go-lucky type of kid. He was in his late twenties and always wore a large smile on his face. Hey there, detective, he said after taking a swig of his diet soda. Oh my god, is this Eleanor? I knew I liked him for some reason. (laughs) That's why. Wait, how does he... I I think this man is dodgy. How is he always wearing a big smile but he drinks Diet Coke? That's depression juice. (laughs) I call bullshit. (laughs) What, you think he's dodgy? Yeah, because he's smiling and he's got nothing to smile about. But he he's depression. a happy type of kid. So he's a happy depress- depression. Yeah, he, he's so depressed that he's happy. <laughs> he's the Benjamin Button of depression. <laughs> the more depressed he gets, the happier he gets. <laughs> I wish that was me. Oh, God. Okay. I saw you come out of the chief's office and I was wondering if you were working on a... He took a quick look around before leaning in and whispering, secret project. I love this guy. How's he in his late 20s but he sounds like me? (laughs) I gave him a blank stare and he returned a big wink that confused me even more. Uh, I don't know about secret, Officer Ryan. Just a potential trespassing and harassment case. Nothing major. Ugh. He looked disappointed at the news. Oh man, it's like that sounds kind of boring. Need any why, help? Why is he like? It's like this officer Ryan's like a kid. He's really excited. Literally. He just wants to, and then he's the douchebag older guy who shoots down the dreams of children. Hmm. I'm already rooting for this guy to die. Well, but I don't think he does. There's a there's a bit later on, and you might understand more why he's like this. Why, did he kill his kid too? No, 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 I mean... writer? Ryan. Oh. Is is he dodgy? No, 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 no. Oh. Or is he? No. It's just a little, like, um, thing that they add in, but I just thought maybe that's why he's so dramatic. Okay. Okay. Um, You literally just said it was boring, but you want to help? Why? (laughs) Shoot. Yeah, he replied a little too excitedly. Man, I've seen you work, and everyone talks about how you've sold some really wild cases over the years. I've always thought it would be fun to see what I could learn from you. I have to admit, his enthusiasm was oddly charming. But aside from that, I knew that if I was going to figure this out, not only would I need to talk to the family, but I would need to do some evidence collection. And at the end of the day, two pairs of eyes and ears were better than one. 
Bracing myself for his overly giddy reaction, I agreed to let him tag along, so long as he did the note-taking and let me take point on everything. Within half an hour, we were out of the station and knocking on the front door of a modest-looking house. It took a while before anyone answered, but when someone finally did, it was our first look into just how serious this situation was. The middle-aged woman before us looked absolutely exhausted. Deep bags under her eyes were accompanied by unkempt greying hairs and a posture that belled someone who just didn't care to put much energy into anything. Aww. Mrs. Wilson, I began, pulling out my badge. My name is Detective Smith and this is Officer Ryan. We're here to talk to you and your son about the strange person you've been seeing around your home. May we come in? She blankly scanned our badges. When it registered who we were, her mood noticeably shifted. Oh, come in. I'm sorry the house is a mess. She quickly herded us inside her living room while calling for her son Lucas to come over and greet us. Everything seemed to be moving so fast that I was almost caught off guard by the sleepy-eyed young boy that seemed to materialise in front of me. He looked to be about 12 years old and physically mirrored his mother. His exhaustion was apparent by the way he was constantly rubbing his eyes and yawning. Lucas and Mrs. Wilson took the sofa while Officer Ryan and I sat across from them on chairs we borrowed from the kitchen. I just want to say it's a pleasure to meet you both. I know that these aren't the best of times, but I'm here to help you in any way that I can, I said with a smile. Mrs. Wilson, I was made aware that you came to the station before to give a statement, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd appreciate you briefly explaining to me exactly what's going on. She nodded and took a deep breath before beginning. This all started over a week ago. Lucas ran into my room crying about seeing someone in his window. I checked it out and I didn't see anything out of the ordinary, so I assumed he had just had a bad dream. But then the same thing happened the night after, and then the night after that. She stopped for a moment to caress Lucas's hair as he laid next to her. But I never saw anything. After the third night, I immediately went and installed security cameras. For two days, nothing happened. I'm thinking it's over, but then all of a sudden, it started up again. That same night, I went to check on the cameras and saw nothing. But I know my son. I know he wouldn't make this up. On the nights he actually manages to sleep, he gets horrible nightmares. And on the nights he doesn't, we're both wide awake. I've called in reports before to the police, but nothing's happened, and I don't know what to do. Any thoughts on what this is? <clears throat> mm. Wait, does, does he mean, like, outside his window, like, in the garden? Or, like, literally face against the window? Like, right outside his window? No, sir. Yeah. I don't like that either. I don't claim this energy. I understand where you're coming from, I said softly, and I can only imagine how rough this has been for the both of you. I just have some follow-up questions. She nodded, and I continued. I don't want to downplay your experiences, but is it possible that maybe your son is seeing things? Is there potentially any history of psychological disorders in your family? She almost sounded offended by how forcefully she gave her answer. What? No, my son isn't... 
He's not seeing things. Officer Ryan cut in. We're not suggesting he is, Mum. We just want to have everything straight so that we can approach this properly. There have been instances where maybe things aren't as they appear. We don't want to arrest someone over a small mistake. Mrs Wilson took a deep breath and nodded in approval. He's never had these issues before. There was a time Lucas's father and I thought he might be suffering from ADD, so we took him to a specialist for a few weeks. As far as I know, everything is perfectly normal. And what of the father? I cut back in. Do you do have a good relationship? We do, she answered. Lucas stays with him over the summer, and they talk every other night on the phone. He and I actually have a better relationship divorced than we ever did together. Well, still, I'd appreciate it if you sent me your ex-husband's info. We'll run a background check and make sure everything is okay on that end. I wanted to ask if you ever simply considered letting your son sleep in your room? Maybe removing him from the situation would help. Of course, all the time. But it's not a permanent solution. I've had Lucas in my room, and by the time I'm asleep, he finds his way back to his bed. Ugh. I know. Sleepwalking? Dude. Maybe? Yeah. I couldn't be absolutely sure, but she seemed to be telling the truth. As much as you don't want some psycho with a grudge stalking a kid, there just didn't seem to be anyone that stood out as a candidate. But I've been doing this long enough to know that in many cases, kids know things their parents don't. When I asked if I could speak with Lucas alone, Mrs Wilson hesitated for a bit. She was understandably reluctant to leave her young boy to be grilled by a police officer. Surprisingly, it was Officer Ryan who acted as a somewhat effective intermediary. He mentioned something about working as a children's therapist before becoming a police officer. And that is why I think he's like this. Um. According to him, children often feel more comfortable talking about traumatic events when their parents aren't listening. Counterintuitive at first, but the more you dive into it, the more it made sense. She even seemed to flutter a bit when he said, I'd love to discuss the matter further with you in another room. She contemplated and eventually agreed. As the two got up to walk away, Officer Ryan gave me a wink on his way out, and I responded by rolling my eyes at the sly bastard. Why is he... Why my microphone not pick up my laughter? Rude. I don't know. Don't test me. Hey Lucas, before we start, I just want to say that I know what you're experiencing is really scary. But it's my job to make sure that you and your mum are safe. But for me to do my job, I just need you to answer truthfully to the best of your ability. No detail is too small. He simply nodded at my request, and we began. Good. Did you happen to recognise the person you saw in your window? Or are you able to describe him at all? He thought for a moment, his eyes darting to the ceiling, trying to recall what he had seen. I didn't recognise him, but he had a really big head, um, big eyes. His mouth went all the way from one side of his head to the other, and I think his face was kind of wrinkly. Oh, and he was bald. I like your reaction. Kind of makes it sound like the scary that he was bald. <laughs> oh, and he was bald. Ah! Ah, he's like, oh, holy shit. I thought it was the big man for a bit. 
but the big man did not. Why is that funny? I thought it was the big. Why? Wait. Why is that funny? The guy outside his room. Imagine I found another story about the big man. Uh, Yeah, because he's a big man and he said he was a tall man. He could just be not getting his name correct. I suppose. He just said that he had a really big head, though. Exactly. The big man never showed his face. And exactly. apart from that one guy who died. R.I.P. <laughs> At first, the description didn't make too much sense. My first thought was that maybe it was someone wearing some sort of mask. Logically, that would fit if they didn't want to be identified. This potentially gave some credence to the notion that it was someone Lucas knew. Maybe they felt he'd recognise them. Did this person speak? Maybe a voice you're familiar with? He shook his head. Hmm, I see. What about when you usually see this person? Is it around the same time every night? He nodded. Kinda. It only happens really late at night. How late? He seemed nervous to answer. Don't tell my mum, but... 2 or 3 a.m. I'm not supposed to be up that late. If I'm not up already, then sometimes I wake up randomly and he's just there. Ew. Like, don't tell my mum I'm awake at two. Like, so she knows you're awake because she's awake because you're scared. Because you're seeing this creepy man and you're telling her. I think we know you're awake. (laughs) I laughed. Don't worry, Lucas. I won't say anything. You can trust me. But you really should go to bed earlier, I said with a wink. Your mum mentioned that sometimes you'd sleep in her room, but you'd go back to your bed. If you're seeing a scary person in the window, then why do you go back? He shrugged. I don't know. I don't even notice, really. I just wake up back in my own bed. No, no. sleepwalking? I thought. After asking him some standard follow-up questions, I eventually brought his mum back to wrap up the interview. I decided to look around his room to see if I could find anything of note, but everything seemed to be in order. The only thing of interest was that Lucas's blinds were drawn. I questioned how he could see anything outside his window with them closed at night. This was something that his mother had already spoken to her son about, but Lucas was adamant that they were always already open whenever he'd wake up in the middle of the night, even if he knew they were shut when he went to bed. Odd, but potentially significant. Out of questions, Officer Ryan and I gave them our contact info and made our way outside. I told Mrs Wilson I'd get back to her on the request for Office of Surveillance, but I'd rather look into this through other means first. I couldn't get over how little census all made, Nothing seemed to fit, and there wasn't a good place to follow up a lead with. All the facts I had before me appeared meaningless. A man in a mask that shows up at two in the morning to scare kids? If he was a kidnapper, why just look inside his room? Maybe he was some sort of sick voyeur that liked to watch young kids sleep? If that was the case, then there was a decent chance I'd end up in jail myself for strangling him. Unfortunately, there was only one place I knew I could get some concrete direction in this situation. 
I reluctantly reached into my pocket and searched through my contacts for the most dreaded name available in my phone. Hello? Smith, what the hell do you want? A forceful voice came through on the other end. Hey, Officer Joss, fantastic to speak with you too. I said in a slightly irritated tone before filling her in on the situation. Anyway, I'm here at the Wilson house. I already questioned the family, but I'm still a bit lost on where exactly to go with this. Any chance you can guide me in the right direction? She let out a very audible sigh. Did you call people to do your work for you in school too, or did that start in your professional life? Okay, shut up. Ah, yes, being an arsehole, the classic way to get shit done. If you keep at it, maybe the guy stalking this child will turn himself in out of pity for me. I couldn't see it, but I knew she was rolling her eyes. Ha ha, very funny. I do fancy myself a comedian. It's my second career choice if this police shit doesn't pan out. Mm. Can they get to the point? <laughs> right, like, I'm not here for conversation. Well, funny man, if you want my advice, I'd recommend checking around the kid's window for anything important. Ideally, footprints, fingerprints on the window, etc. Also, talk to the neighbours to see if anyone has, it, has seen anything. Maybe what? you get lucky and hit on security cam footage. How did when he you not get back to any of that himself? I know, I'm like, you're a detective. You should have known <laughs> to do this. It's not your He's first day on the job. It's not his first radio. <laughs> Maybe you get lucky and hit on security cam footage. When you get back to the office, check to see if there are any other guys in the area with an MO for peeping late with masks. Which is very weird and specific MO. But yeah. okay. if he's doing this constantly, then he probably doesn't live too far away. I have to hand it to her. She was damn good. And if it all turns up nothing, I'm sorry. I could have told huh? this. Dude, you need to sort You're hyping Officer Joss too much. She does not deserve hype. Then I'd seriously question why we're even wasting our time. But if you think he'll come back, in theory, you could try and see if you can catch him yourself and grant her that surveillance. I mulled over her suggestions and thanked her before hanging up. Looking down the street lined with identical houses, I knew we had some work to do, but Officer Ryan and I were ready to hit the ground running. By the end of the day, we had racked up a decent amount of overtime and exhausted all potential avenues. When it was all said and done, we had exactly as much information as we had started with. It seemed impossible. If there really was a guy running around peeping on kids, how could no one have seen anything? Exactly. I wrote up my report for the day and planned to take a fresh look at things in the morning. However, I didn't get that comfort as I heard my phone buzz at two in the morning with Mrs Wilson frantic on the other end. It had happened again. Oh no. Acting on instinct, I immediately threw on the first pair of clothes I could find and sped down to the house. Also, the first pair of clothes? You just keep pairs of clothes together? You mean pair together? of trousers? You know, he plans his, his outfits all he plans on his one hanger. Bottom and top half. Yeah, and the socks are tucked in the pockets of the trousers. No, his socks are sewn to the hem of his trousers. Oh. So it's like, like a, a, onesie. A, a onesie, yeah. That's sufficient. 
needed for a police officer like in moments like this comes in handy yeah sure thing crookedly parking in the street i jumped out of my car and ran around the perimeter looking for the man when i didn't see anything i called for any available officers to be on the lookout for a man potentially wearing a mask fitting the description lucas had given me the previous day I waited with Mrs. Wilson and Lucas inside while a couple of officers searched the area and talked with neighbours. The fear in the eyes of the young boy said a lot, and the way his mother hugged him tight and whispered in his ear, no doubt with words of comfort and love, made the non-verbal aspect of the situation speak that much louder. As time went on, it was the same story. We searched and came up with absolutely nothing. But even so... That moment made me believe this went beyond a lack of evidence. Something was deeply wrong. Deep down, I knew what Lucas was seeing was real. I contemplated the fact that the way we were looking at this was off. I needed a different approach, and maybe Mrs. Wilson was right the first time. Perhaps we just needed to sit and wait for the guy to show. The next day I spoke to the chief about my lack of progress and suggested this new strategy. I figured that if we kept arriving late to the scene, then Mrs. Wilson's request should be granted. Despite the lack of evidence, I told him I was confident that the boy's concerns were real and that we needed to take them seriously. Surprisingly, he went for it, but only on the condition that I was the only guy on surveillance duty in case I caught something extra. Dude, that's not his job. Just because he's the only one who sees magical things does not mean he's the one that needs to do things that's not in his job description. No, but he's suspicious that this is another magical thing, so he can't involve other officers who don't know Why about not? magical things. I feel like this is a bit of a thing that people they need, need to an know entire separate. Actually, I think from what I remember of the other story, they do have an entire department to deal with that, like higher up officers yeah. who know about that kind of thing so why does it have to be this guy exactly like if this is the second story about something magical then i think that there should just be more than one guy who knows that things are magical but there are then where where do they be i don't know why is he pretending like they're not there weirdo we made an agreement to significantly cut back on my in-office time so that I could spend between four and six hours parked in front of the Wilson home. The first couple of days were incredibly uneventful. Admittedly, I spent more time playing games on my phone and watching videos than I probably should have. Dude, you're not even looking. You have one job. You have to one look at job. Things. Look at this house and you're not even looking at the house. Dude. Ugh. In my defence, surveillance is goddamn awful. Seriously. Try sitting and looking down a dark, empty street for 30 minutes by yourself, and you'll see what I mean. Okay, and it's your job. You could have at least put music on so that he can still look, but... Listen to an audiobook. Listen to We're Not Sisters podcast. (laughs) Find yourself a good podcast and just get the fuck on with it, sir. Yeah. Ugh. The third day was when things took a turn for the horrible. At precisely one in the morning, the light flicked on in Lucas's room, and my gut screamed at me that this was it. But there was a problem. I didn't see anyone outside Lucas's window as it happened. The outside was just as empty as it had been the previous two nights. 
Either way, I rushed towards the house with a gun in hand. For the second time, I ran around the house shouting for anyone hiding in the dark to come out and surrender, checking any potential hiding place as I went. And still nothing. I was standing around in the cold, looking down an empty street, thinking about how dumb I must have looked. <laughs> I was screaming in the air, waving around a pistol like a crazy person. <laughs> in a lot of neighbourhoods, I'm the exact guy people would have called the cops on. Yeah, how'd you call the police on the police? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, if you see a crazy man yelling and scre- like waving a gun around, I wouldn't think it was police. No. Maybe he thought he was the police, but he probably isn't police. It's one of the many moments in my career I had to shake my head and ask myself, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Only? Okay. I mean, I ask myself that daily, so I yeah. understand. I didn't know if this family was messing with me, if this was all in the kid's head, or if it was some third option that I hadn't explored yet. Either way, there was a deep frustration. One that was different from other cases. I don't know going like going around and around trying not to think it's magical when the chief literally said I'm putting you on it because I think it's magical. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how he hasn't like thought maybe he just doesn't want to. Ugh. See, I could deal with having the puzzle pieces and not yet figuring out how to put them all together. But when you don't know if you even have any pieces at all, or if you're even completing a puzzle, it makes you question what the hell you're even doing with your life. I fully intended to confront the two over this. If they were messing with me, then there'd be oh. hell to pay. No. I... Don't shout at the kid. I know. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get Officer Ryan in here. <laughs> but when I finally entered the house, I was quickly met by Mrs. Wilson. She insisted on showing me something I never in a million years would have expected. The large imprint of a hand was staring back at me from the other side of the window. I yanked out my phone and quickly went to take a picture, but before I could even raise the phone to take a snapshot, it was gone. A million questions flooded my mind. I had been staring directly at the window when the light was turned on. I ran around the whole damn house, and there wasn't an iota of evidence that a person was out there. I called in for an officer to come by and help me collect evidence in case there were some pieces of DNA we could gather. Still, in waiting for them, I wanted to talk to Lucas and Mrs. Wilson again. The familiar faces of distress were present, but this time I could pick up on something different, unexpectedness. It was almost like I could hear them asking, what are you going to do? And frankly, I didn't know the answer. My conversation with them was standard. I asked the basic questions I've asked people a million times before. What did you see? Did you hear anything? Was anything off today? Etc. Nothing of note came back. The eventual searches for DNA also left me with nothing. All I could tell them was that I'd try again tomorrow and I recommended they stay with family or in a hotel for the rest of the night. As I was walking out of the house for the second time to regroup for the next day, Mrs. Wilson stopped me at the door. Do you have any children, Detective Smith? she asked. Her question froze me for a moment. 
It took me a second to regain my composure before I turned around and replied with a clumsy, I, uh, why'd you ask? What would you do if it were your kid? My first thought was, I'd do everything for him. But I knew that wasn't the type of response she was searching for. Be there. I'd be there to protect him at all costs. That's what a good parent does. Yeah, it is, she replied softly. Please, take care of my son as if he were yours. I nodded in understanding and walked out without saying another word. As I got in my car and made the drive home, I tried to zone out to an instrumental playlist. I was doing... An instrumental playlist. I was doing my best to phase the night's events out of my mind, but my best wasn't good enough. My mind was buzzing. How in the hell could there have been a handprint? I was there the entire time and saw nothing. No person came up, and there were certainly no cars. I needed a new and innovative way to either catch this guy or convince the family to move out of town. Imagine being like, Mm, no, I think you should just leave. Just move. Just move, dude. I'm not going to solve it. You should just leave. That's that. That's how he solves all of his cases. It's just like, you mm-hmm. move to this specific town, don't ever call me again. Thank you. Yes. You and I, we've never met. <laughs> By the time I got home, I had figured it out. A new angle to pivot towards. It was a solution so simple that I almost laughed at myself for not doing this the day the chief gave me the case. I realised I needed to take my own advice and be there for Lucas. I decided that I would sit inside Lucas's room every damn night until I was face to face with the bastard behind all of this. I don't know why he didn't think of this either. That was the I thought that was what he was going to do, but he slept in his car. No, he just sat up. I would have been in the, the room. Yeah. Dress up as a little boy, pretend to be Lucas <laughs> in bed. <laughs> Just like talk to yourself up to and be like, my name is Lucas. I I'm a child. I'm 12 child. years old. I'm very easily scared of I hope the man doesn't come to my window. I'd love to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> and the man would be like, no, here's my chance. <laughs> Mrs. Wilson was hesitant when I brought up the idea the next morning, which was understandable. But with some pushing and a phone call with Officer Ryan, of course. Oh yeah. Whom she really seemed to take to, I eventually got the green light. Also, is Officer Ryan, like, flirting with this woman? That's what I thought. I was like, did he just explain it really well or does she like Officer Ryan? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, is is he making Mm -hmm. advances to her? (laughs) Hopped up on energy drinks and the sheer force of will, I sat in a chair staring at that damn window as Lucas slept on the other side of the room. 10pm. Nothing. 11. Nada. The clock struck 12 and I was still saying the same thing as before. One quickly slipped into two and I could feel my eyes starting to get heavy. Imagine getting tired at 2am. Oh. Pussy. Oh, I can relate. I mean, I can, but also like... If I had had a shitload of energy drinks and I knew I had to be awake. Yeah, it's a different story I, when you need to be awake and you know you need to be awake at 2am. If you're, you know, lying in bed, 
and you're trying to go to sleep yeah fair enough you know you mm -hmm. you struggle to stay awake but he's literally sitting in a hard chair knowing yeah. that he has to do police work he's drank god knows how many energy drinks mm -hmm. mate i could stay up 48 hours if i had to doing that yeah he's just a pussy yes what a shit police officer they should hire me instead Actually, no, I don't want to do that. But I don't want to wait for tall men to come through your windows. Hell no, I don't want to see this man. Nope. I looked over at Lucas, who was illuminated by his nightlight, and I watched him for a bit. A small smile was on his face. The way he'd shift around ever so slightly indicated that he was having a dream. A good one. I'd seen that face many times before on a sweet sleeping child. That sounds a bit weird. <laughs> the bat. Where? At that moment, I couldn't help but reflect that smile back. Something about that moment reminded me why I was going so hard to protect this kid. An inner feeling to right a wrong. But I was so damn tired. My mind was sweet-talking me into the idea that a quick nap couldn't hurt. As my eyes slowly closed shut, my entire no. being was cut off from the world. Until Fucking I heard kidding. a scream. I quickly shot up from my position and snapped my neck towards Lucas, who was cowering on the bed, staring at something. I followed his line of sight to the window and couldn't believe what I was looking at. It was indeed a man, or some kind of twisted approximation of one. His entire pale head nearly filled the window. The massive eyes and dilated pupils were locked in on the boy. And even as I reached for my gun and pointed it directly at him, he never broke his gaze. A thin, wrinkled mouth stretched from ear to ear in a neutral expression. Still, it heavily contrasted with the rest of his smooth and utterly hairless face. He also appeared to have a sizable beak-like nose that came to a point well below his thin lips. His nose almost seemed like an arrow pointing down to his rotund body and bone-thin arms, both sporting liver spots and long grey hairs. F*** off, dude. Get <laughs> the f*** out. But perhaps the most disturbing thing about him was that he appeared to be completely two-dimensional. It was as though he was resided within the thin walls of the window, instead uh -huh. of being on the other side of it. It was almost as if he was being projected onto the window, but that was impossible, as there was no light coming from the other side of the window, and no visible projector in Lucas's room. Lucas, move, go to your mum and tell her to lock the door, I screamed. He didn't need to be told twice. In an instant, he was gone. After he was out of the room, I backed up towards the door locked it behind me with one hand and kept the gun pointed with the other. Now, the man's massive eyes shifted towards me, and his lips went from neutral to a thin smile. He spoke slowly in a deep yet confidently calm manner. You shouldn't have done that, Detective Smith. Ah. Uh. If every single hair on my body wasn't already on end, they most certainly were now. I... how do you know my name? I shot back with false confidence. Knowledge is critical. I know you and your mistakes. We all do. He replied matter-of-factly. Who the hell is we? A society of people, no different from the one you live in. 
The way he talked down made me feel like I was a child speaking to an adult with decades more experience than I could ever dream of attaining. Still, trying to maintain my poker face, I squeezed my gun tighter and raised my voice a couple of octaves. And why is your society attacking this family? Why attack Lucas? Attacking? No, I am simply observing. You are fascinating. You've been scaring the bejesus out of a 12-year-old boy, (laughs) and you're doing it because he's fascinating? Don't give me that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Scaring the bejesus out of me. The bejesus out of him. The f*** does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) The who what's out of me? A bejesus. Bejesus. Is a bejesus inside us all, (laughs) ready to be scared. (laughs) He didn't reply. Instead, the imprint of two hands appeared on the window. Before I could understand what was happening, they pressed forward, warping the glass as if it were a thin, malleable plastic. The hands began to stretch towards me, and memories of my encounter with the tall woman flashed in my mind. I wasn't about to let that happen again. I fired off three rounds into the window, hoping to destroy his only means of passage into this world but the man kept on undeterred. Every instinct told me to get the fuck out of that house, but I knew he'd surely attack Lucas and Mrs. Wilson if I didn't stand as the last line of defence. All I could do was hope that I could destroy every last bit of the window. Before I knew it, the hands were at my face. I squeezed my eyes shut and didn't open them again until I realised that they weren't hurting me. Instead, they were caressing my face. Oh, wow. Healing my scraggly beard and running his fingers through my fade. Mm. I didn't know whether to feel fear or relief. But I quickly figured out which way to lean when the hands violently wrapped around my cheeks and slammed the back of my head against the wall. Oh. I dropped my pistol in the commotion. I thought he was being I struggled nice. against his grip to pick it up. He pinned me face down onto the ground. He violently grabbed me by the arm and dragged me towards the window. I could see him looking at me, smiling in anticipation of what was to come next. His pupils were dilated and nearly filled the whites of his eyes. He forced one of my hands through the warped surface of the window, and all I could feel was this immense coldness. It was cold like I'd never felt before. It was like dunking your hand into a bucket of ice on steroids. It sent waves of pain firing through every nerve of my body. Whatever impossible level of cold this was, I knew that frostbite was mere seconds away. I took all the strength I could conjure to yank my hand from his grasp. I writhed around on the ground in agony, cursing at the man above me. I knew he enjoyed my pain. He took a moment to watch as I struggled to scoop myself against the door before speaking again. The boy belongs here with us. Deep down, he knows it. He wants to be with us. And maybe you do too. You've already seen the other side, detective. And it's always been... unpleasant. You all are safer with us. F*** you! I screamed. (laughs) I dove for my pistol, shot up, and unloaded another few shots into the window with my good hand. But he was still there, smiling. In a rage, I began to bash out large holes with the butt of my gun. By the time my anger had subsided, I had taken notice of the fact that the man was gone. All I was staring at was a large hole 
and the woods on the other side of the home. I needed a moment to relax. My heart was beating fast in my chest. I took a moment to sit on the bed and inspect the bruise on my head and contemplate whether or not I'd need to go to the hospital to check for a concussion. Oh my god. <sighs> Priority number one. Am I okay? That's the real question. <laughs> After a few minutes, I figured I was alright enough to call the chief and tell him why the neighbours would likely call soon about multiple shots being fired. I told him to get dressed and get down here, and I'd fill him in on everything that happened. One deep inhale later, and I turned my attention back to Mrs. Wilson and Lucas. When I knocked on their door, they let me in only after I assured them that I wasn't the intruder. The first words that came out of her mouth were ones that I admittedly wasn't prepared for. What happened? she asked with tears streaming down her face. This may have been the most challenging part of the night. Lucas had seen something truly horrible, and he knew that I had seen it too. I was someone he was supposed to trust. I was someone that was supposed to stand for truth and honour. I was someone that was supposed to be on his side. And yet, despite all of that, I was someone that lied about everything. It was a man in a mask and multiple others outside with him. We had a confrontation. After going through some files at work, I actually believe him to be a guy we've dealt with before. He used a device to jam security cameras, and his clothes make him incredibly difficult to see in the dark. That's why I couldn't see him the first time. Look, once my chief is here, you can talk to him about everything. Complete bullshit. I hated myself more and more with every lie that came out of my mouth. I wanted so badly to tell them the truth, and if it were up to me, I absolutely would have. But after the last encounter, I knew it wasn't my choice to make. Eventually, so basically he's not allowed to tell them. Why not? Because they have to keep the magical thing secret. You know, this is shit. (laughs) That poor boy. I know, he's going to be traumatised for life. Yeah. Eventually, the chief arrived on the scene. I passed her off to him and a couple of officers accompanying him. I recognised them as the two guys that went into the farmhouse with the tall woman. See? There are other Uh, officers who went to the tall woman. Why did it have to be this guy? Yeah. The tall woman and the tall man together. Hello? Fuck's sake. New story, the tall couple. (laughs) The tall baby. Did you just say the tall baby? Yeah. yeah. A tall man and a tall woman would make a tall baby, am I right? That's true. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when the chief excused me to leave, I took one look back at Lucas as I went. He was staring at me with tears in his eyes and an unmistakable look on his face. It was also one I'd seen before. Disappointment. The boy had been through so much. Sometimes all a child needs to heal is validation. They want someone to acknowledge that they believe what they're saying is true. And what I did took any chance of that ever happening. It hurt. Yeah. Well, you deserve it, dude. You're a bad person. <laughs> Honest. In the coming days, the two of them were relocated across the state. 
They were lied to about a dangerous type of mold growing under their home. Fuck they were also off. told. <laughs> they were also told a giant sinkhole was forming under the house, putting the whole property in danger. Mrs. Wilson was led to believe that none of this could be fixed within a reasonable budget, so it would make more sense to move. With the additional okay. belief that it it would be a fresh start for Lucas, she obliged. I'm sorry. So the kid. So in the end, mom... he did pick the option to just make them move. He did, yeah. Like, but how would the mum believe them in any way when she did some tells of what happened? Then she hears the police guy who's been sleeping in her son's room, like, have a fucking fist fight with someone, thinks that it's an actual person with a mask, but somehow they need to move because there's a sinkhole forming underneath their house. And. And they and also mold. have mom. Like coincidentally no. at the same time as everything like, happened. That's so obviously so fake. I feel yeah. like though she's so exhausted at this point that she's just like, okay. Maybe they got Officer Ryan in to convince. Oh my god, her. just smooth the deal. She's like, if Officer Ryan says it, then it must be true. Mm-hmm. I believe everything that comes out of that man's mouth. Don't we all? My chief told me he did his best to keep up with them. From what he's heard, there hadn't been any reports of anything unusual. This, of course, was fantastic to hear. I even opened up a special bottle of wine with Detective Joss one night to celebrate. With the one who told him to do the fucking obvious and not Ryan? This man (laughs) on thin ice. In the weeks following, everything went back to normal. Everything outside of my personal life, at least. We all go through periods where we feel like we're being watched. Mm, I no, can't say that. <laughs> um, speak for yourself. I, if I did, I, I would tell you. <laughs> that feeling was coming on much more strongly than I had typically noticed it. It didn't matter whether I was alone at home, driving in my car, or just taking a walk. I always seemed to catch myself doing a double take as if I'd hear something that sounded awfully close to a voice or I'd see a figure just out of the corner of my eye. This came to a head when, after a shower, I was doing my facial scrub routine in the mirror when I saw a man behind my reflection. No, I'm never washing my face. I'm never washing my face again. I nearly had a heart attack when it registered as that familiar large face. The man from Lucas's window was staring into my soul, a broad smile plastered on his face. I avoided looking at myself in any reflective surface for a month and a half after that. It was Nietzsche who remarked, If you gaze for too long into an abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. I'm not sure if he understood how right he was but it's a phrase that holds more meaning to me now than almost any other. If anyone can help it, I urge them to avoid that abyss at all costs. The darkness that stares back into you is never worth satiating your curiosity. Stay safe, everyone. Huh? The end. He just said... He said, I solved the problem by moving them out, and I also feel like someone's watching me now. He said, um, yeah, so the, the creepy man that was watching the kid is now watching me. Oh, well. Oh, well, cool. Goodbye. 
So he's basically saying that, like, if you think about it for too long, then you will also see the creepy man looking at you. But I overthink. This is a problem. If I, I'm just going to now overthink and think that I'm going to see him everywhere. I can't help but imagine him to look like the moon emoji. Yeah, no, that's that's what I was kind of thinking of, to be honest. If he just had a bigger nose. Yeah, like a, a like Squidward nose, but on the moon emoji. Yes. That's when Somebody I'm make that. I'll make it. I'm going to make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was my story for today. Hmm. It was spooky. I give it six spooks out of ten. I think you just talk too much. I want to hear more about yeah. the man. Yeah. Yeah. But this was the best one I could find at the moment. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's really cool. hard to find, like, scary ones that aren't too descriptive. Yeah. Because you end up getting a description of a road for 20 mm-hmm. minutes. So, yeah, everyone be careful when you're looking in the mirror from now on because you might see a creepy Squidward moon emoji face. I have a mirror right there because I was just so doing do my I. makeup. Are you checking? Yeah. Imagine, like, the thing that was creepiest to me was, like, the way he was just, like, coming out. Moving them. Yeah. Fuck me. I really, next time, it's my turn, I really, I'm going to search and search for the scary story that I can find. Why would you? Hmm? Why would you do that? Because I feel like everything that I'm finding is not scary enough. Mm. Maybe if you guys want to read the other stories in this series, or if any of you have read any of the other stories in this series, let us know if those are any good. Yeah. Because there are a lot. I think there's at least four that Ooh. I've seen. Interesting. And this is the second one that I've read. Mm. Hmm. And they're all like really highly rated on Creepypasta. Yeah, they were like one of the first ones I saw when I was looking. So hmm. interesting, interesting. Yeah. But I think we're going to leave it there for now, guys. So thank you to everybody who's listening slash watching. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed. If you're watching on YouTube, then please subscribe, like, comment, share with your friends. If you're listening on any streaming platform, such as Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, then please add to your library and again, share with your friends. That is our favorite part if you share with your friends. Because you Our last more. video has been doing really well. So thank you. Thank everybody you. Who's been tuning in. And we really pr- appreciate, as always, all of the support that you guys give us. And we'll see you next week with another episode of What's Going On. Yeah. Woohoo. We hope you've enjoyed. Thank you for listening and goodbye.